coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Old School, sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. What is we are back, old school, Jay Foreman, Kenny Wilhite, Austin, holding it down here in 93.7. The ticket brought to you by, or old school brought to you by the Mercado Certified Piedmontese and Special Ingredients located at 84th and Havelock. Every type of meat, every type of cut. Get up a, get up in the butcher shop and ask him what's up. Strick did today. Got him some uh, summer sausages and crackers, and he's probably cracking, cracking up on the way home listening to us. But before the end of the hour... We made the official announcement, or it was announced this morning at like 6 o'clock, that A.A. Ron, a.k.a. Aaron Rodgers, has came out of his darkness retreat in Oregon. So I wanted to ask Kenny Will, <laughs> ask Kenny Wilhite, would you, first of all, would you do it? Right, because Aaron Rodgers goes into this thing. He's going into this thing for to meditate and pretty much decide whether he want to play football or not. My feeling is, you know, within like four or five weeks after the season's over, whether you want to play again. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't, I don't get it. But let's get the question one: get, Would I do it? Would you do it? I could meditate in my own room, shut my blinds, turn the TV off, and I'm be good. Put my phone down, go put the phone in another room, turn right. the TV off. I do it for three days. For three days in complete darkness. Yes, I'm not going to, to Utah Oregon. to Oregon to do it, and, and with no with no windows. With no, no, nah, no, nah, I gotta have a window now. Yeah. Okay, so you could do it if there's a window. If there's a window. A window you could do it. In can, Oregon. In, in, no, no, I can do that. Austin, can you can you find the city where it's at? Yes, I did that during break. Okay. This is in Ashland, Oregon, Okay, where which is? is located basically directly south of Eugene, uh-huh. slightly east there on I-5. Uh, it, it's a little closer to Eugene than Sacramento, probably about a there third of the way to Sacramento. There you go. So, Eugene. Kenny, th- see, look, it's great for you. You could either fly in Eugene or fly into Sacramento. That's perfect. So you got driving distance, and then you just park your car, go on the ground, <laughs> and see it for three days. No, nah, I couldn't do that, bro. No. Well, let's just say you did. Okay. Let's just say, let's just say, you went to. Say, Oregon. Coach Osborne told you yeah, you had Coach to do Osborne it. Said, you have to do it, Kenny. You going first, to first, first off? Hold on, hold on. Let me let me let me hit the, pump the brakes on you, lad. First, you ain't gonna tell me I got to do nothing. Only thing I have to do is live, die. Right. And pay taxes. Pay taxes. Right. That's it. Yeah. Now. Well, some people don't pay that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. right. Um, but let's just say it was highly suggested. It was highly suggested. And you, and you said okay. And I said okay. Whether we're, whether it's I could a, do it. Whether it's a reality show or not. I'm not doing a reality show, no, but I could do this it. This is like the before and after. Okay. You're like, we want to see what okay. you come out after three days, man. Come oh, on, just play along with us. The grays would be what, there. What would you be thinking about for three days in complete darkness? I can't say it on the radio. What, what, we talked about it. Yeah, yeah. We talked about everybody be thinking about. <laughs> but I'm just thinking, like, with no TV, no, no. What you doing, like? What, no, in all, in all actuality, I'd probably be thinking about how can I better myself. Right, and what? I think that's maybe that's what it, you know. Look, all jokes aside. Yes. If this is what helps him play, play, or decide if or he wants decide to play. if he wants to play, then so be it. Now, that's with all that being said, aside, you know, aside, 
I, I feel if this is what you're doing, then you don't need to tell nobody you're no. doing that. No. Just like you don't need to tell nobody that you went somewhere and had diarrhea for 30 days and you all of a sudden you cleaned up that your system is now supercharged. It wasn't supercharged, no. as we've seen. So now, with that being said, let's play Kenny Wilhite, GM slash head coach of the New York Jets. The thing that's going to the, the, the biggest, the two biggest dominoes in the NFL offseason, potentially until they cut somebody they shouldn't or whatever, is who's going to go to the Jets and who's going to go to the Rangers, right? There's three quarterbacks pretty much out there. Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers. Lamar Jackson, I think, will handle itself, whether he gets franchised or he holds out. So that's kind of off to the side. But it's the Jets and the Raiders right now, it seems like, and the Saints and the and the, and the Panthers. But the Jets have the most pieces to get to the next level. If you're the GM slash head coach or decision maker of the Jets, who would you pick or who would you sign and why? Between Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr. Carr. I, I'd have a sit down with both of them. Right. More intense with Aaron Rodgers. Right. Because of things that has been going on in Green Bay for the last four years, maybe. Yeah. With him. And, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so management and whatever. Yep, yeah, management and all that. But just him doing his own deal, going right. off in his own, you know, we want you. But this is how it's going to be. This is how we want it to be. I don't say this is how it's going to be, but this is how we want it to be. Right. Are you in line with that? And if you're not in line with that completely, then I don't want you. Right. I'm going to have that conversation with both of them. Both of them, I think, are quarterbacks that you can win with. Right. You know, Aaron Rodgers has won a Super Bowl, but we're going to have that conversation. Every, all the – Everything's going to be on the, table. on the table. All the cards on the table. Right. So, if he doesn't – fit what we're trying to do as a as a whole, then I wouldn't want them. Is there one of them that you would give a little – like say like you're interviewing both of them or mm -hmm. whatever, visiting in with both of them. Is there one that you would give a little bit more leeway based on their personalities and the situation? Probably Carr. Yeah. Yeah, see, I, I think I'm the same way. Obviously, if I, if I want to win tomorrow, I'm going to probably get Aaron Rodgers. But ultimately, there's no guarantee that the Jets will take a super leap, not only just to make the playoff, um, but to get to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. um, we'll, we'll, we'll get you here. Um, what the? <laughs> oh, is it right here? It the Semper Spectrum, whoever is on the thing, says we're misrepresenting his purpose of Aaron and his, his darkness. It's to – it's health benefits of those – a th hundred hours to what is that Austin auto auto I'm, is this on the text line it's on the stream on the stream ah let's see here it says, it says it's, uh, it's about the health benefits of those 100 hours is yeah I've never heard of that word before it doesn't seem real on his body well it seems like the auto I'm reset I'm gonna google it I'll be back auto reset on his body and cells and we need to stop embarrassing ourselves with you stupid what a stupid not, not really no we're, we're giving our we're giving autophagy. Our yeah. yeah. What does that mean? Uh, a process by which a cell breaks down and destroys old, damaged, or abnormal proteins and other substances in its cytoplasm. You do that. Uh, you do that with a hundred hours of sleep in the darkness. I guess he oh. does. Oh yeah. Well then, uh, maybe so. I to got, each his own. Yeah. I to got, each his own. I mean, we're we're giving our yeah two cents or whatever. I got, I got but I'm yeah. yeah. But anyways, um, I think I I think. It, for Aaron Rodgers is the the better choice, 
in the sense of he's more established. You, yes. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I think with him, I would just – the biggest thing is like, how. okay, listen, uh, you can do whatever you want mm-hmm. when it's on your time. When it's on your time. I don't care because ultimately all I want you to do is be the face of the franchise. And New York brings different – you're not going to be able to control the media in New York. Mm-mm. So understand what you're getting into. So with that being said, I at least need two years. I'd like three out of you. I know he's 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 older, but he didn't play for the first part of his career. How much longer do you want to play? And how much how much are you willing? I don't want to go through this every offseason, whether you're going to play or not. If, you're, if, if I'm going to trade for you, because if you're going to trade for Aaron Rodgers, you're going to have to give up at least, what, two first-round picks? Yep. Or maybe three. Yep. Right? So two or three two or two first round picks, probably a second. And maybe a player or two. They might even want Zach Wilson to have a com- you know, QB competition up there. So if I'm gonna be doing that, then I need more than just this season from you. Yeah, like I said, all the cards are on the table. And yeah. if he commits to that and commits to somewhat of an off season, because he's gonna have to build up the rapport between himself and the receivers as well. Then you gotta look at the salary cap ramifications. It's probably easier to sign Derek Carr, but sometimes when you do it, it, it signing signing the easier guy isn't the best thing to do if you're trying to win a championship. But ultimately, the Jets also have to have a, a conversation inside their walls, I guess, um, to decide whether they want to win a championship. Because a lot of teams can get up there with the GMs and say, we want to win a championship, but ultimately they're not operating like yeah, that. They're not operating. Now they're close. Defense is top three or four in the league. They got first-round receivers on both sides, productive tight end. They got, uh, was it Bryce Hall, mm-hmm. the running back? He's going to be coming back. And then they have a pretty good offensive line when healthy. They just need to solidify that quarterback position. That's the hardest thing to do. And the easy fix is Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. But then, ultimately, you'd think that Derek Carr might have, what, four to five good more years? Maybe even more? Maybe even more. If you continue to kind of. I think he take care of, right. take care of his body. I'm going to ask you this. They signed Aaron Rodgers' old offensive coordinator. The last offense coordinator he was with in Green, in Green Bay. Bay. That this was past, this yeah. past season? Well, he was the head coach of the Broncos. And then, obviously, got fired from the Broncos. Now he's the offensive coordinator. Do you think that move was set up to entice Aaron Rodgers more? Or was, do you think it was the best guy for the job? And essentially, they felt like he was, you know, you know, because sometimes you want – Aaron Rodgers wants to be comfortable. Yes. Um, so, he's going to somebody that, that's going to be able to – he's going to be able to jive with and talk with. And so, therefore, he would be – uh, more comfortable with him? Or do you think it's like, hey, look, we just got an offensive coordinator. We're going to try to get the best guy. I think it was we got an offensive coordinator. Yeah. Let's get the best guy. The Jets are in a good position. It'd be interesting to see what they do with it, though. Yeah. Because the Jets could Jets and just say we're going to run it back with, with uh, Wilson, and then you're going to be stuck on stupid again. They, it's it, it's going <laughs> to it's gonna be interesting. And then the next next subject is is Lamar Jackson. What would you do with him? Because he's a, he's already let you know, I'm not coming in for anything less than 200 million guaranteed. So he's the franchise quarterback. He's won the MVP. He set the league on fire. He's not going to play on the franchise tag. So you're not going to get him to be, you know, in training camp and come in. You know, when you you know come in until he, you know he'll show up when he's not uh, until he gets fined. What would you do with him? Well, he's put all his cards on the table. He's told you what he wanted. Now it's up to the GM and the owner. No, what would you do? Would you – he's your friend. He, you drafted him. He turned out pretty good. You pretty much curtailed the whole franchise to him. To him. 
Would you give him? Do you think he's a just say forty-five to fifty million dollar contract or forty-five to fifty million dollar quarterback? He deserves more than Kyler Murray. Pocket Hercules. He deserves more than him. Yeah. So yes, I would. Yeah, I would too. I think it's. I, well, first of all, I think when you invested that much, Wait, you, you gotta kind of keep going with it. What do you think, Austin? Do you have to build an offense around Lamar Jackson like Greg Roman did, or can you fit into any scheme or a lot of schemes? You're going to have to have something, and maybe this is what the new coordinator could do. You're going to have to have something along the lines of Josh Allen. But the problem with the Ravens is this. Josh Allen has digs. Yes. Right? Kyler Murray, you know, had A.J. Green. Mm-hmm. Um they got uh, more that they got from uh, Purdue. Um, uh, what they got had De- Christian Kirk had before Christian he signed. Kirk. Then they had DeAndre Hopkins. You know if he can get back to what he was at. So he's always had and he had Larry Fitzgerald for for a year. For a year. So he's always had a number one receiver. Lamar Jackson has never had a number one receiver. Now, I think the guys that they've drafted could be number, but they for whatever reason they just got the injury bug. Yes. So I think his best you, weapon is Mark Andrews. He has a number one tight end, but you need a number one receiver and, and a number, and one, number tight one tight end. And I uh, think J.K. Dobbins is good as a as a, back. a back. Right, he's, he lets you know he's that dude. He lets you know. And so he, yeah, and you know the funny thing about that, if they gave that ball to him on that one yard line with the with their third team quarterback, the Bengals ain't it. Bengals ain't nowhere no. to be, be found. They, no. Then the Buffalo might mess around and been to the Super Bowl. So. I think I, I think you have to curtail your system, but I also think if I'm going to give you or paying you two hundred million dollars, right? I'm going to actually put more pressure on you to become a little bit better of a quarterback. Not mm-hmm. a little bit. I, you need to take a next. You need to take step. the next step, right? So whether you want to look at Jalen Hurts, whether you want to look at Josh Allen, whether you know you're waiting on Kyler Murray or your other quarterbacks that have taken that next step, Patrick Mahomes when he you know went from year one, he took a big huge step to be. A superstar, they were pushed and they accepted to become better. I'm not just giving you or not going to pay you two hundred million dollars and you continue to do the same thing. I wanted you to get better. So, but then also that puts the pressure back on me, right? And we talked about it a ton about Adrian, right? He has to have people around him for him to be successful. We all know the quarterback gets too much blame and too, too much, much credit. Work. So and that doesn't matter. You could be in high school. You can be wherever. You could be in Little League. Yep. So it doesn't matter. So at the end of the day, your job is to surround him or put him in a situation to be successful, whether that's changing the offense to his strengths, but then also you have to make him successful by continuing to push him to be better because you can't be the Ravens and say, we're going to pay you $200 million and you kind of you know go 14-3 and three in the regular season and then get in the playoffs and you lose in the second round because – all you guys can do is do a little bit of RPO and throw to the tight end. You got to open up the offense, and then you got to put the pressure on him to play better. Now he needs a quarterback coach, right? He needs an offensive coordinator that's right in line with him, and then you need an offense curtailed to him, and then you need to put the things around him to do that because you don't want you also want it to be appealing to free agents to come there and play. Yes, that's also a problem. Yes, because as we talked about with East Strick and the receivers when we play. <laughs> Running five yards and being like a cardboard box and blocking somebody, that's not going to get – you ain't getting the number one receivers to come here. here. And here's an example for you local fans, right? Malachi Coleman here, right? Four-star recruit. I've been knowing Malachi since he's been 
or knew him and, or met him back when he was in, I want to say sixth or seventh grade. Yeah, sixth or seventh grade. I remember, I remember he didn't play any sports. I was like, boy, you need to play football. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a legit 6'4", 6'5", right? So if you're, so imagine him coming to Nebraska in the 80s and 90s and Ron Brown talking about, I need you to be cut blocking and be an effect. <laughs> no, you're still going to have to do that in Matt Rule's offense. But when you when you, do you think that you're going to able to, you you would be it doesn't matter that Malachi Coleman went to Lincoln East, you walk into his house in 2023, and you open up the media guide or put it up on your phone, and Kenny Wilhite or, or in this case Abdul, Abdul Muhammad, Muhammad led the team in reception or Corey Dixon with 32 receptions, he ain't coming here. Y- your crystal ball would be your percentage would be negative one negative one hundred. He's not coming. Right. So I think that to boil over to the Ravens. You had to expand. The reason why Stephon Diggs was okay with going to Buffalo, because Buffalo had shown that they want to throw the ball and use him use effectively. Yep. Now you see it now that now they look like a pretty good passing team, um, and and stuff like that. So, you know that's the that's the funny thing about sports, whether it's college or football. I think it's all like parallel in some some form or fashion. That's why you're seeing a lot of college offenses. In the pros, you see a lot of pro coaches come to campus. You mm-hmm. know this. Mm-hmm. Talk about talk about that, Kitty. Talk about pro guys. I don't know if they did. Did they ever come? I'm sure they did when Riley was around. They come in and try to see what, what you know, kind of get ahead, right? As they probably were forecasting more college type of offense or concepts coming. Talk about that when they would get up on campus and how that process was. Well, I think with Riley, he had a relationship with a lot of yeah. professional coaches. So that's the reason why they would come in. Right. They would come into tutelage. Riley and his staff. Right. Get him up to snuff. To get him up to snuff. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And they I think they did that at Oregon Oregon State also. That's sure. why I didn't see it much with Bo. Yeah. And I didn't see it at, you yeah, know with Frost. with Frost. Yeah. So Yeah. Well, now probably, Frost and them would go to other get, places to get ideas. To get ideas, right. but with Riley a lot of guys came in cuz he had an already established relationships yeah. with those guys. Yeah, and it, it, it might be on a I know a lot of pro coaches have went and picked Lincoln Riley's brain. Yes. Um based on, you know, I don't know what you want to call it, the you know, Red Raider offense, whatever the heck it is. Graham, you know, Graham Harrell Graham, is, yeah. is big on it and stuff like that. Um I think some of it is is portable, but then also I always I would caution pro coaches until you see that stuff win a championship, that's not probably what I'm gonna go. Now granted if I'm a defensive guy, I probably want to see I'm probably going in there and try to see how to attack certain players, mm-hmm. right? So if I'm going to Lincoln Riley when he had Jalen Hurts or Kyler Murray, I'm looking at it like, okay, this is what he does. I'm trying to get a leg up on yep. him because from my experience is rookie quarterbacks or rookies can come in and set the league on fire because we have no tape and they have no fear. So you got 31 other teams playing catch-up, and you're not able to prepare for – a Jalen Hurts, it, say he took the league by storm, or like RG three, or go back to uh, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Lamar Jackson. What he did at at Louisville, right? They weren't ready for that in the league. In the league, no, they weren't. That's why he was able to right. do the things he did and and win an MVP, right? And then you go back to Jalen Hurts and those right. guys. You don't. You're not just like us back in the day. We practice that way. Option football, right? Every day. Even though we were playing KU or right. yeah, K-State, K-State or 
somebody else. Somebody, yeah. We were practicing option football on Mondays. Right. We didn't get to KU and K State until so, Tuesday and Wednesday. Wednesday. Right. Right. Yeah. And so clean you, up on Thursday. And clean up on Thursday. So we were prepared for those guys early on. Right. They didn't. They hadn't seen the likes of a, a Lamar Jackson since Michael Vick. Right. And they couldn't stop. Michael and they Vick. couldn't stop Michael Vick. Right. So. Yeah, it's a. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that uh, I think that's that's interesting that uh, you look at the second year and see how guys will do. Um, but you know, if I was a defensive coordinator, I go in there and try to get some intel on some of the players and, and see what they do well and what they don't. Because a lot of things that they were able to do in college, they won't be able to do it in the pros. Because when Oklahoma gets off the bus, they're better than if they have a 12-game season. I don't. Texas is probably has a better, as good or better roster. I can't. I, I'm trying to think like who has a better roster. So they're able to run different con- based on they're just better than everybody. Yes. And so in the pros. That ain't gonna happen. No. So if I'm going in there, yeah, I'm gonna study your concepts because they are very aggressive, right? And and I like how they some of them do it where they really like I call it super flooding a zone instead of just running a flat, you know, a flat curl and a seven cut. Okay, they'll run a like a flat which turns into a seven cut, a, a go route, mm-hmm. and then they'll run a trailer out of there too that has an option to either cut it up or then kind of run a skinny post. So they're just putting stress on you. I'm gonna study that. But I'm trying to get an intel on on the quarterbacks because yes. if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm trying to see what your weaknesses are right from the get go. Because if once you get into the season of the pros, and this is college too, you're not able to study these guys as intently as if you have, if you know, okay, we're going to be in the playoffs, and these are the three teams we're playing. Okay, we played Lamar Jackson once. We already have. Now we got Cliff Notes. Mm-hmm. Okay, who played against them well? Oh, well, Kenny Wilhite's a defensive coordinator from the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, me and Kenny used to coach him. Kenny, what, okay, this is what you do, right? I didn't have that the first couple weeks because maybe we were the first team to play him. Then you played him the next week. So now that's how you are able to see the success against Lamar Jackson. And so it's up for the Ravens to actually try to find another way to be effective offensively so they can double back around. And then what they do good now will be their closing. I think right now they try they just fastball, 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 fastball. You get to the playoffs, they just knocking them things out, home run, home run. That's why they're they're not being successful. And it's interesting you said that because let's go back to when Coach Bush took over as the defensive coordinator. He would reach out to other people, coordinators or people he knew, right, that may have played against certain teams, certain teams, how they schemed them, how they stopped them, or certain coordinators, or certain coordinators, right. You know, what'd you do when, you know? Right. So he would come in, hey, I just talked to so-and-so, so-and-so. Hey, they did this, they did that. Let's try to. So yeah. it, it's. Coach McBride used to do that. Yeah. I mean, it, he, his dude was uh, the defensive coordinator from the Green Bay Packers when they won the Super Bowl. That was that was his right-hand man. And then Coach or Coach Darlington used to always talk to Wade Phillips and mm-hmm. Trail, and then also um, – they went to the Carolina Panthers with Kevin Steele and started running a, you know, a lot of zone blitzes and stuff. So they would be doing it. And it, I, one thing about Bill Bush, I'll say this before we go into uh, the break here. He had no problems reaching out to anybody and everybody to get knowledge. Yes. That led, so, that led from, from, so from a coaching perspective, that lets you know he didn't think he was the smartest dude in the room. Mm-mm. He just wanted to get the job done. He just wanted to get the job done. They put the kids in the best situation to have success. And that's why you see it 
done so quickly, which is commendable. So commendable on you too because you got back on the field and helped those guys play better as well. It was all hands on deck. So that's a good first segment. You know, we got to apologize. You know, we didn't want to lose any fans there talking about A.A. Ron going into his moment of darkness. You know what I'm saying? And his antibodies are getting his stem cells back. But look, man, we don't mean to offend anybody. We're just giving an opinion. We love you very much. We aren't ignorant. You know, we are probably. Oh, no, we see. We're only ignorant if we drink Hennessy, man. So just we ain't on the hen dog right now. I don't drink Hennessy. I don't drink anything. So yeah, he drink. Don't be listening. No, I do. Anyways, old school. We're going to break. We'll be back. We're going to try. Hey, we're going to try to keep people online here, man. We're going to make somebody mad. We got Jake over there. I just see that. Look at that head right there. I just want to just go pimp slap that head right there. But anyways, that's old school. Jay Forward, Kenny Will, Height, Austin. We'll be back. Look at Jay. He ain't even know what's happened. Watch me go slap him real quick. We'll be back.